Fashion Questions. On each episode, we ask a different question to retail insiders about the fashion industry. This is where they share their views and insights. Brought to you by Hive. The group's fashion portfolio includes Moda and Spring and Autumn Fair, Pure London and Source Fashion. Stay tuned. Welcome to Fashion Questions. Stella McCartney has always been a pioneer in terms of sustainability. Her brand is always looking for new materials that are both cruelty-free and environmentally friendly. Her campaigns are always entertaining while also educating consumers about a sustainable way of being stylish, how to communicate your sustainability credentials. This is the question of today's episode. And with me in the studio is Philip Mack, Global Head of Content and Editorial, Estelle McCartney. Good morning, Philip, and thank you so much for being with us here. Hi, Lena. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Estelle McCartney is a renowned sustainability advocate and has been a pioneer in terms of finding alternative materials that are environmentally friendly and not harmful to animals. There's such a synergy that when one thinks of Stella McCartney, sustainability immediately comes to mind. But how do you translate this across internal and external communications on a global scale without diluting its meaning? First off, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I think it's really one of the biggest reasons why I came to Stella and so many people on our team came is because she does have this reputation for being such a pioneer in the fashion industry. And, you know, I think most of us who work at the brand are... Uh, are quite drawn to those values. Um, I think from a communications perspective, it makes our job a lot easier because she comes from such a family of animal lovers. You know, her her father, Paul McCartney, and her mother, Linda McCartney, were both among the world's first celebrity vegetarians. Um, to this day, Linda McCartney sausages are still, you know, sold <laughs> in uh, grocery stores across the country. So I think having that base of coming from these legendary vegetarians gave us a lot of ownership when Stella launched the brand in 2001. And at the time, you know, she was the only luxury brand in the world. And I believe to this day that uh, has never used leather, feathers, fur, or skins in any of our products. And so, you know, when it comes to, to material innovation, I think, and communications, it really comes down to action. Um, you know, you can talk the talk, but really you need to back it up by walking the walk. And I think that's where material innovation is really important for us. Uh, we, for instance, just recently launched the Frame Milo bag, which is made entirely from, or partially, I should say, the sustainability team would kill me for saying entirely from, but partially because obviously the metal chain that's on it is not... Uh, it's mushroom leather, Yeah, isn't it? exactly. It's mushroom leather. It's mycelium. So mycelium is the root-like structure of mushrooms. Um, which we made in partnership with Bolt Threads, who are based in California. And it's, um, I mean, it's really incredible. It is the the future of fashion. And we actually have some another big announcement coming up in about a week that I can't say just yet, but it will be very exciting. From the term sustainability itself, we're actually trying to move away from that word because so many people use it. You know, everything now is sustainable this or sustainability that. And sustainability doesn't actually mean anything. I think, um, you know, we, we try and use words like conscious or responsible or even better yet, we try and tether our communications into how something is better. So instead of saying something is made from 
sustainable cotton. We'll say it's made from organic cotton that's grown without pesticides or harmful chemicals and uses less water, so to benefit communities and the environment. And we kind of really dig into why our why our materials are better than, say, a conventional the conventional version of cotton, you know, or viscose or anything else. Yeah, and in general, it's really about storytelling, why those products, you know, where those products come from, what the actual materials are in them, why those materials are better for the planet. And when you when you kind of ground what you're doing in action and in tangible materiality, I think it resonates much better across a global scale, both internally and externally. Maybe in terms of, of storytelling, it would be great if you could develop that further, because despite the greater awareness about the negative impact of the fashion industry on the planet and people, it does take time to adapt businesses, and often the whole business model needs to be reviewed. Can you recommend simple steps that other brands and retailers can take to become more sustainable? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the number one way that most businesses can become more sustainable or just even more mindful and conscious in their practices is just to look at the amount of waste that they have going out. So, you know, within the fashion industry, the amount of textiles that go to landfill or are burned is approximately a truck full every second, which is mind-blowing and just completely unsustainable. So it's, you know, from a fashion brand's perspective, it's like, when you when you cut a piece of clothing, there's an, a, quite a bit of fabric that ends up just going into the bin. And so it's like, what can we do with that extra fabric? Can you make something else with it? Can you give it to a school to use for, uh, to use as excess material? You know, where where is your waste going? Where is your packaging waste going? Are you wrapping everything in plastic that's not recyclable? So I think it's just, you know, trying to find different avenues for for reusing your waste. Because right now there isn't a circular system in place for most brands to take back old clothing and turn it into something new. But, you know, I think if you can at least head off the amount of waste that you're putting out into the world, that's a good start. And also, of course, instead of using virgin materials, try and integrate the use of post-consumer recycled materials. So this, again, is just like materials that are made with things that people have already loved, and then you can give them a second life. And I know you're involved in writing scripts for campaigns and coming up with a visual narrative for videos that actually needs to resonate with Stell McCartney's customers. What has been the most successful campaign so far? Can you tell us a little bit about the development process? Well, I mean, as you know, branding is a bit of the long game, especially with content. So it's um, success is always a bit difficult to measure in terms of KPIs. But I think, you know, in terms of... Uh, coverage and views. I really, I'm quite proud of our Autumn 21 collection. It was uh, called Our Time Has Come, and it was basically uh, we we'd done a script that uh, David Walliams from you know famous British comedian narrated, and we basically had these models and animal heads running around central London, basically living like living like Londoners and people. And the whole message behind it was that animals have the, should have the same rights as humans, and you know it got. We had a big media buy on it. It was in Piccadilly Circus. It was in Times Square. It was, you know, we had these guerrilla activations in all of these major hubs. And, you know, the, we um, we were gathering signatures for the Humane Society International's petitions to stop deadly fur and ban fur in the UK. So both in the US and uh, and the UK. And I think it was really 
it really kind of hit all of our Stella brand codes in a way because it had the humor, the playfulness that Stella has. You know, the clothes had the kind of the sexiness that she loves, but then also it really was tethered in this message of of protecting animals. So is that what great storytelling is, to really be very authentic to what the brand actually is and represents? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, storytelling, at least from a brand perspective, I think really should kind of touch on those brand codes as much as possible and, and bring it to life. And for us, I think we we like to use fashion and humor as channels to tell our story. Those are really our touch points. Um, we use them as a as vessels to deliver our values and our message of, you know, protecting the earth and protecting the animals. And many brands have been accused of greenwashing for brands and retailers without a big uh, marketing budget. Can you advise on the most common pitfalls and how to avoid being labeled as such? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a huge part of it is just sticking, standing by your actions. You know, walk the walk and when you communicate action, and tangible action, then you're much less likely to fall into the greenwashing trap. Greenwashing is just when you, it's it's fluffing, it's buzzwords and stuff to try and to make yourself seem more sustainable, more eco, more conscious than you actually are. Um, so I think, you know, the key is just to stick to the facts, describe without embellishing. Uh, you know, if it's if it is organic cotton, then just explain why organic cotton is better than conventional cotton. And, you know, I think a huge part of it, too, that a lot of brands aren't willing to do is acknowledging your shortcomings, uh, which we try and do as well, which is, you know, we're not perfect. No brand is perfect right now. It's uh, it's no secret that if you're trying to, you can't save the planet by selling clothes at the end of the day. But it's like you are selling clothes in a way in that are made better, that can last forever, that can, you know, can be cherished for handed down to your kids than you know, you're really, you're doing things in a way that at least is better for the planet. So sustainability is more like a work in progress. Constant work in progress. And I think, um, again, that's what makes me so proud to be at a brand like Stella McCartney is we're constantly, again, innovating those materials. We're constantly questioning how we do things and how we can do them better. And what has been the most rewarding project that you have worked on and why? Honestly, while it's fresh in my mind, we just got back from Paris uh, where we did the Summer 23 runway show at the Centre Pompidou and it was absolutely incredible. Um, You know, I'm really proud of it for a number of reasons. It was our most sustainable collection actually to date. Um, It was 87% conscious materials, which I think is a huge achievement for, you know, any fashion brand, especially one of our scale. And, you know, it was... It was just the the buzz around the show has been has been absolutely wonderful. So many people have celebrated that uh, conscious aspect, the fact that we had Bella and Gigi Hadid amongst our models, but then also some of our our kind of timeless Stella women who have been with us forever, like Amber Valletta was there as well. And so it was, and I mean the collection was really touched on those kind of ageless Stella coats. There was the sexiness. It reminded us all of her Chloe days or even the early days of the Stella brand itself. So I think it was triumph for the brand that I'm very proud to have been a part of. And what's Stella McCartney's greatest strength as a businesswoman? I think something about Stella that has always really impressed me and I think is her greatest strength is the fact that she's always willing to stand up and stand out. You know, she'll stand up for what she believes in and she's not afraid to stand out in a room. You know, she often will talk about how when she first launched the brand, she was very often the only woman in the room. And in addition to being the only woman in the room, she was 
only person pushing not to use leather for animal products like that. And, you know, people used to call her an eco-weirdo. And I think 21 years later, she's really one. She, you know, now everyone is chasing her to try and catch up to, you know, hearing only what last year said that they were no longer going to use fur. And, you know, it's everyone's finally caught on to what she's known this whole time. And I think her greatest strength was her tenacity and her willingness to, even in the face of criticism and, you know, overwhelming um, resistance, just stand true to her values. That is quite impressive. And she's also renowned for coming up with alternative materials. You mentioned the the mushroom leather as well. And in terms of materials, which ones perform better in terms of sales? So what customers are more interested in? I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where because the majority of our items now are made with uh, conscious materials, it's not often that customers will seek out one in particular with you know, a certain exception. So the frame Milo bag, for instance, that I was talking about earlier, uh, we were able to release a small first batch, a limited run of 100, and those sold out within a couple weeks. So it's like, you know, when you when you innovate materials that excite people, that show people the possibilities of a more, of a better future, and also you kind of give them the opportunity to own a piece of fashion history then people get really excited and they jump on it. And, you know, I think with with Milo and with mycelium, this is only just the beginning and we will be transitioning more and more towards those materials. And like I said, it sold out really quickly. So it does it does perform well on that level too. Nowadays, everyone is really into the metaverse and we hear more and more brands getting into it. Uh, what do you think about it? Can you tell us if the brand is planning to enter it and why does it make sense from a business point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think the metaverse I find very interesting from a content perspective. I think the possibilities are truly limitless. However, I have yet to see a brand activation that's actually stuck. You know, you'll see some that pop up, that flare up periodically and they get a lot of buzz on the industry media, but then they kind of just seem to fizzle. And I don't think anything's really caught on with the average consumer. I think the average consumer is still even struggling to explain what the metaverse is. That said, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity there that if you're an innovator like Stella is, that you will take advantage of. That said, we we are moving in that direction. I can't say specifically what we are doing, but we we have our eyes on on the prize. So we will just stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you so much, Philip, for being with us here at our Hive Studios this morning. Thanks, Lena. And thank you for listening.